Hello and welcome to the Licensed to Queer podcast, where we're on a mission to uncover why James Bond appeals so much to LGBTQ plus people. Why not see 007 from a different angle? Hi, this is Anthony Lobrigelis, and I'm here with my husband, David Lobrigelis. Obviously, you know who he is. Um, but we're here today to try a new thing that we might be doing on a semi-regular basis, thinking probably monthly, where we run through all the things in the month where we've thought about James Bond. All of the things. All of the things. If we do all of the things I think about in relation to James Bond, this podcast could be 17 hours long every month. So maybe just the main things. Yeah, we'll keep it to the Um, main stuff. So yeah, things that we've seen, things that we've done, places we've been, um, and also the sort of Bond adjacent media we've been consuming. If we've watched any films that have got Bond actors in that were particularly worth mentioning, if we've been reading any books that are Bond related, that kind of stuff. I think it's worth saying that we're recording this in our kitchen on a Sunday afternoon while the dinner, you might be able to actually hear the potatoes are boiling in the background. So yeah. if I suddenly disappear, that's because I need to go and stop the potatoes over boiling. Uh, so yeah, we're trying to kind of go for a bit more of a casual type approach for this just to kind of try to digest everything we've done bond related for the preceding four weeks so we'll try to do one of these towards the end of each month um there's been a lot going on this month yeah and there's a hell of a lot going to happen in the next few months as well um not just with licensed queer but also uh you you're probably aware that uh, although things have been very very quickly so you may have missed this i'm actually the um Editor-in-Chief of 007GB, the um, UK James Bond fan club. I am Um, a member of... And you're a member, of course. And we're going to be involved in a lot of their events over the next, um, well, for the foreseeable future. There's something at least kind of every other month. So we're going to be talking... Yeah, we've got got one in a couple of weekends' time. Yeah, um, leading up to... Uh, the biggie in July uh, on HMS Belfast. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can Google 007GB uh, and that will take you to the fan club homepage and I edit a lot of the stuff on there. Um, And if you're not a member, then go ahead and join up. But also, obviously, adding lots of content to the Licensed to Queer website um, with, with a queer specific focus. But I thought it'd be nice Sorry, Anthony, he's trying to get a word in edgeways here. If you keep hearing that, sharpen, take a breath. Because you know what I'm like, I will just carry on talking. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and pass over mostly to Anthony now. Go for it. Um, so this is, we're recording this on the 26th of February, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and go back to the last weeks of January for the first okay. one. Um, because a very big part of our childhood was we lived, and then we all realised the control of the rubbish. Um, when Goldeneye came back onto modern was that the end of January the end of January oh my god so that um, Tempest Fugit what's that Spectre reference oh okay sorry Um, why are you mentioning the bad ones Um, oh wow um, so Goldeneye came out again on Nintendo Switch um, Nintendo 64 online um, on Switch and also on Xbox um, remastered on Xbox no online play I haven't actually played it online against anyone yet. No, I haven't either. I Um, keep meaning to. So, yeah, and also then they all... That was a washing machine, by the way. Yeah. Just just to... We haven't thrown these sound effects in here. This is genuinely on our kitchen table, surrounded by cats, Um, while we cook Sunday dinner. And did that 
album that I've seen some people be playing come out this month as well. Oh, the uh, Rich Douglas album as well. GoldenEye soundtrack remastered. Yeah, Yeah. unfortunately, I wasn't quick enough. I didn't know about that album. It's on vinyl. vinyl. You can listen to it on Spotify. It's a really good album of kind of um, synth orchestrations of the GoldenEye music. Not every single track, but about 40, 45 minutes worth. It's really good. So check that out on Spotify if you haven't. My favourite thing about the GoldenEye coming back out again is for the first couple of hours after it released, it was just people googling um, walkthroughs of how to change the controls change the controls on switch yeah, so you could actually that. play it properly because we actually booted up the n64 about a year ago didn't we and yeah, found the yeah. controls very very difficult well, the to controls manage. have always been rubbish in golden eye um at the time we we didn't know any different but if you go try and go back because you're used to twin twin stick shooters yeah the only way where the solitaire method was actually the one that's most like modern controls. You know what's strange? Because on my original GoldenEye cartridge, which we've still got upstairs and still works when we tried it a year ago at least, and the battery is still going. Is that the mode that you play on? Um, No, but uh, I'll fess up now. Although my cartridge is complete, there were a couple of cheats that I couldn't get. Um, And so one of my friends at school borrowed my cartridge and got the last cheats for me. He always used solitaire mode. Oh, really? Even back in the day. But that's... Nowadays, that feels yeah, that's kind of the norm, us, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, that was the end of January. Um, I have seen a few other people on Bond Instagram who have then been like playing like the world is not enough on Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. and um, it made, I enjoyed that game. And I played a little bit, didn't I? Remember on Emulator, I played a bit of Everything or Nothing, which was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. one of the best, it Bond looked video amazing games. when it was re the, the Mac is really good at emulating. Of stuff. I'm not breaking any rules because we own the original disc. We do. Um, Just in case anyone from probably two uh, copies, actually. the rights holders are out there. We do, <laughs> we do own uh, everything or nothing. We do um, own, yeah. The next thing on the list is a big, big, big thing that is going to be probably, we'll do a big roundup in our April show. But talk about this play, David. Okay, so it must be, I think it was last February. So we're talking 12 months ago. I saw a post on, I think it was MI6, I saw it first, a couple of other people carried it, but this theatre group uh, with theatres in both Tokyo, although they're actually based out of a town whose name I can't pronounce, which isn't that far from Osaka in Japan, were putting on a all-female cast musical version of Casino Royale, Move Forward in Time to 1968. So just, Casino Royale, my name is Bond. Casino Royale, my name is Bond. Just, just try to kind of process that sentence. So an all-female production. So a reverse of traditional Japanese kabuki plays where, like Shakespeare here in England, all the roles were played by men. So kabuki traditionally um, was always played exclusively by men. It's also a bit like modern sort of butler culture as well like the presentation of the lady playing james bond is very much like what you get at butler cafes which is where made cafes but where you're assuming people know what made cafes made cafes are something for like the youth in japan particularly in big cities where the cafes where you go and have like cake and tea and coffees and you get served by um young um adult though young friend a young canadian Canadian, young um, Japanese girls in French-made 
outfits as maids and they're very much very particular in whether they they all serve you i'm just thinking people who've never been to japan must be like what the hell is yeah. going on right now it's sort of a bit like geisha culture but i i think the maid cafes are a bit like modern gay anyway we're going off on massive but, tangents but then there's um there are versions of these cafes um maid cafe culture um does sort of lean towards serving men um young japanese men but so there are butler cafes where women can be served on um, and a lot of the butler cafes um, are men who are the butlers but in some of them they are women who are cross-dressing as men as the butlers. i love how you're going to try now to link this no back but to i think James i Bond. think this is i think it. the press i'll show you later there's pictures okay of the, what the men look like the, the the women look like as men in butler cafes and she yeah. looks so much like as james bond she looks so much like someone in a butler cafe like as a, a yeah. woman in a man in a butler, cafe, a butler cafe i think that's a thing that, that so it's not just there, it's not just japanese women dressing as men they're purposely going to like some like kind of... some kind of especially james bond is an upper class man as well um no he's, well, he's, he's in, in an upper class society milieu, he's in he's yeah, in the establishment he's not upper class himself um, yeah. but i think that it's very much aimed towards that sort of counterculture thing but yeah the maybe stuff. okay so but anyway there's this theater group in japan that's exclusively female in fact there's several theater troops of women and their biggest star she's going out on a high an all-time high playing james playing bond. james bond she's previously played lots of male heroes like sherlock holmes and that's what she's doing so i heard about this about a year ago and i thought oh god that's like a pipe dream being able to go and see this you know we can't go all the way to Japan just to see this. But then, long story short, I organised a school trip to Japan, which I've been back, what, two, three weeks yeah. from? Uh, I organised a school trip to Japan, and because Anthony was helping me organise some of the activities we were doing on that school trip, uh, the bug bit, and uh, Japan is one of Anthony's and my favourite countries, and for his 40th birthday, I somehow got convinced to take him to Japan. So I'm going to Japan twice in the period of, what, less than two months? Yeah. Which sounds great, but it's kind of exhausting going to Japan, not least because it's a 14-hour flight each way. But hey-ho, it's going to be all worth it. Because we, amongst because all the fun stuff, we're, we're going, going to see... to Super Nintendo World. Yeah. Okay. We're going to Tokyo, Disneyland, and Disney Yeah, they, These things are all great. But, but these are all things where we've had to stress out and make sure we booked at the exact time we needed to oh get the tickets. Oh my god, they've been so stressed. The the, the the Casino Royale play has been the most stressful yeah. though. And then we a couple of months ago, we knew that um, the, they were coming out. The tickets were coming out a month. Um, you could book them from the eighteenth of February. The tickets. Um, if you're listening to this now, we sorry they're all gone. Um, but um, <laughs> they went within a few hours. hours. Yeah, and we were we were actually online at the same time as uh, shout out to uh, Inspired by Bond, a brilliant Instagram account. Did he get his um, yeah, um, oh, Japanese guy Japan. living in Japan uh, in Tokyo, just outside of Tokyo. Um, he no, he didn't get tickets. Oh, no, he didn't get no, tickets he didn't, because Tokyo, uh, it's really uh, it's even harder. It's, it's really hard to get tickets in Tokyo. So um, we had to be. You carry on, I'm yeah. going to go and sort the potato. We had to get our tickets um, and they went online and we'd been warned in advance by a few people, including some of my friends, who had helped us pre-register for the website to be able to get the tickets, um, that this theatre troupe are so 
in demand. Tickets go very, very quickly. And also because it was this actress's final performance with the troupe that they were expected to be even harder to get. So we set, um, they would go on sale at 10 a.m. in Japan, which is 1 a.m. in England. So we set ourselves an alarm to wake up at quarter to one in the morning on a Friday slash Saturday night, because that's how we roll. That's how we roll on Friday night. And we managed to um, log on and we kept refreshing the website and it was like, the website is busy, the website is busy. And we kept trying for um, about 45 minutes until it was like quarter to two. And then David was like, yeah, David was like, let's go to bed now. Like, we'll try again in the morning. So we called it a day, but I really wanted to make sure he could um, get these tickets. So that's I, why I married you. I couldn't sleep. I kept refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. And then finally, at about half past two in the morning, the website allowed me to um, get the tickets. And I managed to get two tickets for a day when we were in Osaka. And they were not very good tickets because they were all that was left. But at least we're going now to see it. And I remember getting them, running downstairs um, to, to get my um And did you wonder why you getting up at 3 a.m.? And then was able to make get it all the way through and then i thought it'd be really cool if i um waited till the next morning and told david that um as he refreshed and saw that it would all sold out and he got all sad and then i could go but i've got us tickets but i couldn't even wait i woke him up at like three in the morning and said like we've got tickets so we'll look forward to that i'm really quite excited my last kabuki experience wasn't great but um, this will be a lot better because that's I... kabuki, by the way. Just in case any listeners didn't hear that correctly, because there's another word that sounds a little bit like that, yeah. which we're definitely not going to be talking about on a family-friendly podcast. Um, so yeah, we are going to that. Casino um, Royale. My name is Bond. Um, we're seeing it in mid-April in Osaka, and we'll. I'm sure David will do a write-up about it for License to Queer, um, and um, probably talk about it on one of these shows too. Um, So that was another big thing we did recently that was Bond-related. This last week, um, it's half-term in the West Midlands, so David um, was off work, and we went to Edinburgh for a few days. Um, Bond connections to Edinburgh, David? Tons of bond connections. Sorry, I've been putting the uh, potatoes in. But um, tons of bond connections to Edinburgh. Obviously, Sean Connery was born and raised there. Um, and obviously, Bond himself, well, more broadly, Scotland. Yeah. Bond is obviously part Scottish. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously been a shooting location for several. Lulu is Scottish. <laughs> Lulu is Scottish. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> but we went on a sleeper train. We were going to fly there, but the airline in which we were. Do- um, going to do sadly collapsed and we do like Flybe, but um, they don't come out of our um, they, no they no longer exist so we needed a way to try and get there so in the end we um, got the sleeper train which is very bondy in itself and you've got an article about sleeper trains you're working on there is going to be an article by the time this podcast goes out it, it will be in embryonic form yeah but yes so sleeper trains appear in five james bond films yeah 
um, and at least two of the novels. So I don't think there's much more of a bonding experience than a sleeper train. Do you agree? Yeah, no, yeah we've done um, two already, and that one was a third, but we've done now. Um, there are only two sleeper train experiences left in the UK, one to Penzance from London and one to Scotland from London, which we've done now. Um, and you can read about our Penzance journey on our travel website, havehusbandworldtravel.com. We also did one on our honeymoon across America, which is a Sunset Limited, and we've also got a write-up on that on that same website too. But we were going to um, Edinburgh um, to support our friend Kim Sherwood, the um, Bond author, and her new book that is coming out, that is out now, um, A World and True Relation, and she was doing the Scottish launch of that in Edinburgh, so we went up to see her. But before we went up, obviously we had to get to London to catch a sleeper train, and any excuse when we've got a few hours in London, we go to Duke's. Um, and we had an amazing dinner in the restaurant in Duke's Great Hotel. Great British Kitchen, isn't it? Great British Kitchen. And they've got a really fun picture of Roger Moore, which is also in our kitchen. Um, we got a separate one. We didn't steal it from that place and bring it here. We promised Duke's, if you ever hear this, we did not steal your picture. Um, and we... Um, had a really great dinner there and then we went to Duke's for a martini before going to get the sleeper train um, and yeah it's just a nice um, way to start a trip um, but the main purpose was to go and um, support Kim. Now do you want to talk about obviously give a little bit if someone hasn't read already um, why people should be excited about Kim Sherwood's Bond book. Oh, okay. Oh, this this could turn into no. You've got. No. You've okay. Got, you've Give got, me a time limit. You've got three sentences. Oh. It takes Bond in the direction it needed to go in. Yeah. It's a ruddy, well written book. Yep. I'll do the last one. She knows her Bond. Oh, she knows her Bond. Yeah. Oh, she knows her Bond. Yeah. Um. And um. But that's that book. Um. You've got a review of your that I, book on the website. I did you? a review. I did an article about one of the characters. He's a gay double That's not a spoiler now. Um, and I also interviewed Kim last July. Yep. And um, we've got to know her quite a lot since then. So we wanted to support her new book, which, David, you read on the plane coming back from Japan. I did. So talk a little bit about um, A World and True Relation. I'll give you six sentences. This is really difficult. <laughs> yeah. Does that count as a sentence? No. I feel like when a when a genie gives you wishes. No, you. Right. You, so a wild and true relation is essentially a adventure story set about three hundred years ago. I'm still on my first sentence here. I'm just using parentheses slash subordinate clauses. And in this story, you have um, basically cross dressing smugglers. <laughs> so that, that there's your selling immediate selling point to me as well as um, some kind of timey-wimey interleaved parts from the present day reflecting on how women have been left out of history. So essentially this book has been written for me. It's one of those books like Double or Nothing where you think you're perfectly kind of attuned to what the author's doing and as a result of that you're utterly absorbed and you finish it within a matter of a couple of days. There you go. Then you can start sentences with and if you're counting. That's what I did. Um, and we went to her launch in Edinburgh in Portobello part of uh, Edinburgh. It was really good. Um, and she was in conversation with another author, Fiona. 
I can't think of her name. Uh, Thanks for putting me on the spot. Yeah, but like she was actually lovely, and yeah, um, really nice. Um, she um, was talking to her in lots of diff about the work, and quite a lot of people who were there um, were also some of Kim's students, and they were very Kim te teaches um, creative writing at Edinburgh University, and um, a lot of the questions were her own process. And one of the funniest moments for me was when. Um, Kim was talking about the process about writing this book compared to others and her, her editor um, would give her notes like it's getting a bit James Bond now and I thought that was really funny. If you um, if you are a Bond fan um, and you've read Double or Nothing I mean why wouldn't you read Double or Nothing because it's one of the best Bond novels ever but if you are a Bond fan you'll find a lot to love about a wild and true relation because I'm not saying he's a Bond novel in any of the guys, but strong male uh, character. It's, yeah, the, the male character, the main male character is an anti hero, really yeah. nice hero. I mean, he's extremely hot. Let's just be honest. Tom West is like James Bond on steroids. Um, but it, that's, that's both a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, and he's very much an anti hero. The main character is essentially a girl who you see grow up, and there's, there's all sorts of. Um, interesting elements there, particularly for queer readers about um, gender stereotyping and gender conformity. And that makes it sound really heavy going, but it's not, it's extremely exciting. I am. Um, Lots of guns. I haven't read it yet, but she did a reading um, of the first sort of chapter and, and it was very good. I, I did buy it and get to sign um, our copy. Um, but it seems to me like a really good, her first book, Testament, is sort of really deep literary um fiction with um a, like a bit with a historical family saga sort of element to it and it also has several bond references yeah and then this the next book was bond and this feels like these two merged together into like mm. an adventure story yeah that's also like has a really sort of like i mean double nothing's really well written Yes. But like there's often that thought that like continuation novels and bond no, no. just like uh, Dub me. double or nothing is the best written bond book yeah. since fleming um, so yeah, so we saw her and then we went out the day after with her and her husband and had drinks um, and that was to celebrate Jim Fanning Friday. So talk about Jim Fanning Friday. I think we need a cocktail first. Okay then. What, what are we having? Um, I'm not sure if there's one of these on the cocktail recipe, but if not, we uh -huh. can come up with it live on the show with a name. But I'm just making a classic daiquiri. Okay. Um, the lime. Uh, there, there is a daiquiri recipe on the Lifestyle oh, website, well, but it's uh, a little bit of a twist on the classic. So okay, are we going is, for a classic? Okay, yeah? a classic, yeah. So um, you just need some rum, lime, and um, sugar syrup. Um, Instead of sugar syrup, what we normally do is substitute sugar syrup with either honey or agave. Or maple. Or maple. Maple makes it a bit sort of earthy. Okay. Um, just compared to sweet. Yeah. But either will do and um, just a small squeeze. What rum are we going to use? We're using a really great rum that your mum bought us. Uh-huh. Which is the Blackwell um, oh, yeah. Fine Jamaican Rum, the 007 limited edition, which is actually... Um, from Jamaica. But it is. Near close to the Goldeneye run. It's actually made by the person who owns Goldeneye, so Chris Blackwell. Um, so a lot of Bond fans will already know about this, but um, I'm very wary of just endorsing something because it's got the 007 logo on, but this run makes a really good 
daiquiri. We've tried it a few times, haven't we? Yeah. Again, um, it's got all the history on the back of the bowl. Well, the choices that we use for daiquiri is just in case you don't want to go to this one and then all make good ones is Havana Club is yeah. probably the best one you can get. Um, and um, the three-year-old is fine for a daiquiri. Um, and, I prefer the seven. And also, I'm a man of refined tastes. Like Ana de Armas herself, we like Run de Santiago. We do. Um, which which we actually bought. To, we bought that from Cuba. We actually ourselves. bought in Cuba, didn't we? Yeah, from someone from Santiago, Yillian. Yeah. Um, our tour guide. So if you didn't listen to it, we did actually record an episode in Cuba uh, a few episodes ago, live, sort of like this, an informal chat type thing. Anyway, you had told me to talk about Gym Planning Friday. Yeah, so um, we're having this. Um, the last day of our Edinburgh trip was on. Excuse me, Jim Fanning Friday. Um, Bless you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, David, tell us why you do Jim Fanning Friday. It was the third annual Jim Fanning. Yeah, Friday. this is a very long story. So very much in brief, October of 2020, uh, midst of the pandemic, uh, I was going to work as in in school every day, and uh, increasingly feeling destroyed, to be honest. Um, because we were all putting in extraordinarily long hours. If there's anyone out there who thinks that teachers were having a holiday during the pandemic, they've got it completely wrong. Because I was doing about 80 hour weeks, trying to keep the kids safe while also get them educated. So it was really an intense time. And I took to actually just partly because it was really difficult to mark time because we couldn't really go out at weekends and things. I took to wearing a bow tie on a Friday to work and it sort of caught on and some of the students started the sick form students who can have kind of got um, less of a constrained uniform choice. Uh, they started emulating it. So long story short, my husband took um, a photo of me as I walked in the door um, in October 2020. And then somebody online said that, oh, is it Jim Fanning Friday? And it took off from there. The whole history of this is on the website. But essentially, for the last three years, the last February, um, last Friday of February, we, um, we being uh, people who follow Licensed Square, have uh, put on a bow tie and used the hashtag Jim Fanning Friday. So this Friday, just gone, was the third time we've done this. And so many people took part. I always make a collage of everyone who took part. Also cats and parrots. Yeah, we did have um, we had quite a few inanimate objects this year as well. Obviously, some people are kind of shy online, and I fully respect that for a variety of reasons. But we also had people um, put them on their pets. Uh, so we did, it, one year. We, we did we did do the cat one one of our cats one year, but it was really really nice. It's a completely inexpensive way of creating a sense of community. Uh, which I really cherish um, every single year. Shout out to Chris Eels for reminding me about Jim Fanning Friday coming up um, because I did leave it a little bit late to notify people this year. I thought about it, but with everything else going on, including taking a school trip to Japan, I uh, things have kind of gone a bit timey-wimey in my head and I almost forgot about it. So uh, thank you um, to Chris and also thank you to Ruben Waitman for coming up with the logo design. Chris came up with the name and then Ruben came up with the logo design that a lot of people chose to put on their photos. Thank which you is really also good. to Chris for how good he looks in his uh, bow tie. Okay, so um, that's kind of crossing a line, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure Chris won't mind. Uh, so yes, 
lots of people looking very good in bow ties. My husband, husband's vote is for a certain person there. Uh, so um, not that I'm jealous, am I? No, not at all. No, that cocktail better be good. There you go. It's it's going it's going to be good. He's just putting the line. He's working on it. So yeah, thank you to everyone who took part in June Funning Friday. So many people took part this year. And um, we had a special guest this year, although Kim Sherwood, who we've already talked about in her brilliant books, um, she took part last year before we'd actually had a chance to meet face to face. Um, as I say, we were in Edinburgh for the launch of her new book. And it was Kim's suggestion that we meet and have some cocktails. Um, but also, and I was a little bit nervous about this, truth be told, especially as she said, let's do a video of it, um, of doing a bow tie on her. She couldn't tie a, a traditional bow tie herself. No, Not most I, people I tried, can't. I've tried myself when I went to that awards thing in the summer and I took one and I watched a few YouTube videos and even I couldn't get the hand of it after watching lots of So I, luckily I had one that was just like elasticated sort of. I have practiced. That's all I can say. But even sometimes it's so much more difficult to do a bow tie on someone else than yourself. Um, so I, I did practice, but by the time we met Kim and her husband in the cocktail bar on Friday night, on June Funning Friday, I had a couple of martinis and I was thinking, oh, will I be able to do this? But eventually I managed to uh, remember the trick. If you if you ever want to know how to tie a bow tie, I did do a little video. It's on my YouTube channel last year. Um, and the reason I did that video was to kind of keep it there as, uh, as a way to refer back to myself if I ever forget how to do it. But I think it's now in my long-term memory. I think finally I've done it enough times that it's in there. Uh, so have a watch of that video anyway. because cool to tie a bow tie, but there's nothing wrong. No, no, no snobbery at all. We, um, we bought, I say we, you bought them for me and you, um, some Harris Tweed ones, and they were both... Um, sort of ones where they've already pre-tied and you yeah. just wear them. And they're a lovely bow ties. Yeah, there's no snobbery. I've got elastic bow ties. I've got um, pre-tied bow ties. I've got yeah. untied bow ties. I've got every kind of bow tie. And in fact, this is the whole point of June Funning Friday. I want everyone to feel as included as possible. And um, that's the whole point of Licensed to Queer. Oh, so one of my favorite ones was where someone who didn't have a bow tie drew a bow tie and oh, yeah. a post-it note. Yeah, that a bow tie and a post-it note, whatever. Just go with it. It's June Funning Friday. Yeah. Is, our so, is our cocktail ready? It is ready. So okay. look out for June Funning Friday 4 in February the last, 2024. It'll be the last Friday of February 2024. Yeah. Um, so here is our daiquiri. Um, here we have a taste. Um, just... Um, Run through the recipe again. It's um, one part um, rum, um, mm, sort of like. golden rum. Um, I choose two limes normally. It is quite heavy on the lime. I'm not complaining. I know a lot of people prefer a sweeter daiquiri, but I generally don't. No, no. So, yeah. so I was, I was is um, more citrusy than that, and then a bit of sugar. So rum, lime, and sugar, basically. Rum, lime, and sugar. Um, but we use and honey. if you get the proportions correct to your taste, and obviously cocktails very much to individual taste, but if you get the proportions correct, it's the most heavenly drink. Yeah, and we drank lots of them in Cuba. This we, could be, um, yeah. because this is done with honey, this could be called a honey rider. This could be. Yeah, because it's Jamaica as well. Is that, she's in the, is yeah, in Jamaica? Yeah, it's in Dr. yeah, so this is a honey rider then. Have you just created a cocktail just, yeah, live on live. the podcast? This is honey rider, yeah. Okay. Honey, honey limer. 
that that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. How much have you had? <laughs> um, I've been at a baby shower this morning. There was okay. no drinking. Well, there was drinking, but I was driving, so I couldn't drink. So, oh, um, um, yeah. So Jim Harding Friday was really good. Um, look out for next next year. Do you want to um, talk about other media? Yeah, things, I was going to talk things that are bond tangential. I was going to think. I thought to close as well. We could pick up like almost like quick fire round other things that have happened during the month in which it's or other things we've seen the where like in the back of our head we were like oh james bond um i'll start i was re i'm doing a reread of x-men my second true love after david um mm-hmm. and um i got i mean i've just got to 1985 slash 1986 literally this morning we went from december to january and i was reading um new mutant special edition number one which was this sort of special spin-off that also ties in with X-Men annual number eight, um, where the new mutants are staying on holiday in this Greek island and then they get whisked off to Asgard. Just have some quite lasting repercussions for some of the new mutants. You've already lost the James Bond uh, exclusive but audience. Here we just, go. Just fast forward to the Then whilst on this island, Storm is looking after the X-Men. Storm bumps into um, these two people, and she refers to them as Mr. St- Hello, Mr. Steel, and um, and Ms. So and so, and the the so and so is whoever Remington Steel's partner was in the TV show. Is it Stephanie Zimbalist. I've never actually seen Remington Steel. I know I, I've got quite a few followers who love Remington Steel. Um, I'll tell you who it is. But I, one of the reasons I thought it was really really cool, is the fact. Um, yeah, it was Miss um, Holt. Stephanie Zimbalist is the okay, actress. The actress yeah. yeah, so Miss Holt, M- uh, Mr. Steel. But one, one, the reason I thought it was so cool is obviously that was Pierce Brosnan there. Yeah. And Storm is Halle Berry. Oh, wow, yeah. And so that's why I thought that so was Pierce really Brosnan cool. Pierce Brosnan and Halle, Halle Berry, Berry yeah, sort of in an alternate universe. Yeah, met. met. So I the thought characters that was, have anyway. Yeah, so I thought that was really, really cool. Oh, wow. So um, I haven't... There's lots of pop culture references generally in New Mutants. Like, they love... Um, What's that program with Tom Selleck? Magnum PI. Oh, yeah. They yeah. love Magnum PI and they're always mentioning Star Wars because it was set in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so it was written in the 80s. So um, it's quite cool that like Remington Steel was there. In 1985, was that like peak Remington Steel? Probably, yeah, because um, Brosnan was supposed to be obviously in The Living Daylights. Yeah. But it's because they renewed his Remington Steel contract and they he couldn't. couldn't so that would have been 86, 87. Sidestepped a disaster there then, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> if you, if, just in case that needs any context, my husband is not a Dalton fan, which is one of the, he's one of the few kind of really naff bits about Anthony. Where? I don't understand why he doesn't Octopus love the Dalton thing. film. <laughs> And also Octopussy. So I have to put up with this. Um, you watched a film last night while I was reading these said yeah. comics, and that had a Bond link to what was it that? It did. So I watched the Hammer Horror film, I think from 1971, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. I was partly inspired because we've been to Edinburgh, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, although it's set in London, it's kind of really set in Edinburgh. That's what Robert Louis Stevenson is writing about. Yeah. I thought I'd seen this film years before, and it turns out I have seen this film, but you? only the very last part. Why did it all came flood- I must have seen it on telly late at night oh, one really? night because it came flooding back to me the very last sequence of it. Um, and I remember being transfixed by it when I watched just the last bit before, but I didn't remember like the first two thirds of it. 
But the main reason to watch this film, and it is a very entertaining film in itself, but the main reason to watch the film is the stunning performance from Martin Beswick. So she is one of the few people who's appeared in more than one Bond film. She's like appeared as, like Maud Adams, she's appeared as one of the fighting girls in From Which We Love. Yeah. And then she was also Bond's, uh, um, Bahamas liaison, Paula, who's one of my favorite characters in all of Bond. But she plays Sister Hyde in Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. So essentially, if you've not seen the film, and I do implore people to watch it, it's great. It's essentially about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but instead of turning into Mr. Hyde, he takes female hormones, which opens all sorts of possibilities. Oh takes female hormones in order to prolong his life, but in fact what it does is it turns him into a female version so of himself. It, then is that played by a different person? And then Ralph Bates, who plays Dr. Jekyll, turns into Martin Beswick. That's really like quite daring. It is daring, yeah. and Martin Beswick on the documentary, on the DVD, talks about, on the Blu-ray, sorry, talks about um, wanting to lean into those aspects of um, people being a combination of both genders and not kind of non-binary is more. There's, there's in this story, which is one of the first things that we as a couple I, okay, you so bought me. You made me read X-Men and I, I made, made you read, read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, and, um, but. That sounds very forceful. There's it a, was, uh, there's a, a mutual th exchange. There's a negative sort of, like, they're both not great people. Hyde is like the evil sort. Yeah. But yeah. does that come across in there? Like the female version yeah, is a bad in, version? in a sense. And the ending was, without giving anything away, the ending was a bit kind of like, hmm, okay. Uh, but it's still the 70s. It, yeah, <laughs> it's still the 70s. And there's still, I mean, bless her, Martin did, did say to the directors, no, I'm not going to go full frontal noodle, 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 noodle. Uh, full frontal nude, the cocktail's kicking in, full frontal nude on this, um, because that's what Hammer were trying to do by that point. They I were really trying to get the numbers up by getting yeah. a lot of full frontal female nudity on screen. Yeah. She does um, get breasts. a top half yeah. out, um, uh, very beautiful, uh, but um, it's uh, and very sort of tasteful. Uh, but she had to fight them on that. So oh God, it, it is yeah. sort of like exploitation at the yeah. same time, but it's... Product it's, of its time. A product of its time. And she is, honestly, Ralph Bates is great and the other actors are great, but she is something else. And every time she's on screen, one of the people on the um, on the uh, Blu-ray, who's actually a follower of Licensed Queer, a uh, queer historian, oh, yeah. um, he says that she fizzes in every scene and I would totally agree with that description. She's absolutely amazing. The brilliant thing is, we're actually going to be meeting her at least a couple of times yeah. this year. So I can't wait to talk about. That's great. Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, in, in addition to her Bond appearances. Um, last little quiz for you. Yeah. Can you name another favourite of mine? Actress who's been in more than one Bond girl. Um, oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember the actress's name, but the person who... So has the immortal line from View to a Kill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm on the right lines here. I've just seen Anthony's face. So they're in the overhead rack. And she What's all, the actress's name? Um, I will look up. But she also is one of Octopus's um, lovers. <laughs> yeah, so... Are they all if, Octopus's lovers? If you buy into the whole um, analysis of Octopus... It's like, like being a Sappho, like, like cult. Sapphic cult and see the queer review of Octopussy on the Licensed Queer website. If you buy into that whole analysis, she's one of Octopussy's lovers uh, slash confidants slash hench people. 
I'm trying to find have the, you found, the actress's name. I'm hoping we get to meet her at some point. Oh god, she'd be amazing for a thing. Um, she plays Kimberly Jones. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it's Mary Stavin. Mary Stavin, of course, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, love her. Yeah. Um, and that's it. This is this is us for the month. Like this was our February in Bond. Any sort of um, quick final things? Any like sort of big things in March, which are like anniversaries for bond anything big that happens in march we've got a few um birthdays of bond alumni coming up yeah um, both uh alive and deceased including in the deceased camp we have peter hunt who probably out of all the queer people behind the camera on bond has made the largest contributions so at his birthday is coming up in a few days time any important birthdays in bond for like march oh yeah mine Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so my, as I mentioned earlier, the reason we're going to Japan is because Anthony is four, turns 40 in the month of March. So that's I why he's managed my to con me into taking him to Japan. Yes, you do share. There are and some. Never say never again. There are several anniversaries actually of Bond films this year. So, Octopus is 40, Limited Dice 50, and From Russia with Love is 60. And, and Never actually... Say Never Again is also. And never say never again. I hadn't even thought of that one. That's a mistake. There we go. Um, if you are, if you do have strong feelings uh, or associations with any of those films, I'm collating a piece for the 007 GB magazine, which you will be out in July um, about those films. And I want people's personal reactions to those. So please do get in touch with those. And there are details what, what on the 007 GB website. So, from what should we love? Sixty years old. Our first. Um, our first date, date. no, first cinema date. Yeah, yeah. We went to see From Russia We Love. It's it's okay, it's good. It, it, you're not a massive fan of From Russia We Love. Uh, I find the first, I find the early until Goldfinger. I find the Connery ones a bit of a chore. Anyway, I'm still married to him, reader, <laughs> listener. All these years later, and Next then uh, Live and Let Die. Oh, one of my favourites. Well, obviously it's Rog. Yeah, uh, your favourite, and then Op. Pussy, which One you my, don't I like. don't like. I, I find it so. Like. We've watched it lots of times when we've been doing chronological seven films in one day, and I'm always quite tired. But like, I just find it a bit. I don't think you've silly. watched it in the right circumstances. Yeah, I find it a bit silly. Anyway, on that bombshell, and then never say never again, and never say never again, which you've never actually seen. I, I, my dad bought it me on DVD once, and I, I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> It has some redeeming qualities. We will watch it soon. We will watch it soon. So anyway, um, you can follow David and mainly me because I'm the real power behind the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Whatever. at licensetoqueer.com and um, on the socials at licensetoqueer. 